So come on, we're going to get into our final installment, our final uh, s- uh, message in this uh, uh, Unstoppable Church series we've been in. This will be our 10th week through the entire uh, series, uh, the summer. And over the summer, we've had over 65 visitors. Five people have given their lives to Jesus Christ. Five people have gotten water baptized. Uh, Several of these salvations over the summer have been people who have never, ever been to church before. They didn't even really know who Jesus was. I'm telling you, God's on the move in this post-Christian environment in Canada uh, where people don't know uh, about who Jesus is, and you'd be shocked. And so people are just starting to invite folks to church, and they're hearing the message of Christ and how he loves you, and despite where you've been or what you've done or what you've gone through, that we hate religion. Come on, someone, but we love relationship with Jesus Christ, and we're not about building an institution of religion. We're about being real people, broken people, honest people, vulnerable people, recognizing that we all got mistakes and problems in our life. Amen. You better say amen. Amen. But we just love Christ. We want to know him better and go on a journey. And so today we're finishing this up and Truly, the purpose of this series is to kind of help you understand what the early church looked like, this early church of people who Jesus was uh, this man, 100% man, but he was also 100% God, came to earth, and he walked upon the earth, and he uh, did miracles and raised the sick and healed the, the, the deaf and healed the brokenhearted, and he, uh, people began to believe that he was this Messiah in the Jewish context. They, for hundreds of years, in our Old Testament, as well as in their Bible as well, they had prophetic words of years upon years of the coming Messiah. And now this man named Jesus walks on the planet and does all the things that Messiah was supposed to do. But they thought that the Messiah was going to come and restore the kingdom of Israel back to its original order, when in reality, God had a different plan. There's no way that the Messiah was going to come and die a criminal's death. But this man named Jesus walked on the earth. He was crucified, a criminal's death, was buried in the grave. He said he'd rise in three days. And guess what? As a video said, there's more historical proof that Jesus Christ rose from the dead than any other fact in the Roman history. And Jesus Christ rose from the dead, appeared to over 500 people, proved that he was truly the Messiah, that he's the, he's the, the true living God. And he rose from the dead and he ascended to the right hand of the Father. And the Holy Spirit came down upon these 120 or so disciples of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit filled them. And in Acts chapter two, they begin to speak in tongues, the scripture says. These were not unintelligible tongues. These were intelligible tongues. They begin to speak uh, in, uh, in all sorts of different languages about the glory of God. And in that time, there were 900,000 people, Jews, who had gathered together from all over the world for the Feast of Pentecost. And as they were there at that Feast of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came down and they began to speak all sorts of different languages, every language under the sun in that day. They began to just talk about the glories and the wonders of God. And people began to hear about how great God was in their own native tongue. And they were blown away at what was happening, that these Jewish men who only spoke, spoke a few dialects of, 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 the, of their language were now speaking dialects from all across the world. It was a mighty miracle of God talking about the goodness and the greatness and the glory of God. And then these people thought that they were getting drunk and getting hammered, drinking Jack Daniels at nine o'clock in the morning. And he said, no, 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 we ain't drunk. It's nine o'clock in the morning. God moved and he did a mighty thing. And I want to tell you about it. And so Peter goes on and he tells these Jews about all the story of the Messiah and Jesus Christ all the way to this moment. And at this very moment, he says, in this moment, Jesus Christ came to the earth and you killed him. Wow, that's a good message. He says, you killed him. You, the Jews, you crucified Jesus Christ. You might not have known it, but you put him on the cross and you crucified him. And it says that day that people believe this message. And this is where we're going to pick up today. 
In Acts chapter 2, verses 37 to 42 will be our last uh, key text in this series. And it starts here right where I left off. And as I just mentioned in verse 37, when they heard this, they, uh, they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent. Let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to the church. That's when the church started, the church that you're sitting in today. I think the church then looked far different than many of the churches we go down to today. And our heart today is to try to articulate for you that it is our sincere and simple motivation to try to build a church that obeys the Acts chapter 2 account of this New Testament model. And so here he says that, that, uh, that they... That they um, Glad they received the word, they were baptized. And the day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And here's our key text today. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. They continue steadfastly. They heard the message about Jesus. They were cut to the heart. They repented of their sin. They were water baptized. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And then it says in the scripture, all of a sudden, they found this rhythm. There's no, there's no distance between verse 41 and 42 where the, Luke, the author Luke goes and begins to identify where they learned how to find this rhythm that they devoted themselves to. It was just this, they just knew what to do that when they became followers of Jesus Christ and the church started, there was this rhythm that they committed themselves to. It was this rhythm that I believe, this uh, New Testament early church rhythm, this rhythm is what made the church unstoppable. This rhythm is what made them who they were. This rhythm is what made them the church that was unstoppable and the church that made a difference and an impact in the world that wasn't about building an institutional religion, but was about building a group of people who were about a relationship with Jesus Christ and reaching more people with the message of Jesus Christ. Amen? See, here in the verse, we see that there was no difference, but somehow between these verses, they went from following God to finding this rhythm. And I want to focus on this rhythm a little bit today with, with this focusing on this highlighted word, continued steadfastly. This word continued steadfastly, it's not a very sexy word, is it? <laughs> It's not like supernatural or it's not like, you know, miracles or, you know, these kind of big words we could use. This is kind of a boring word. This is kind of a mundane word. This is kind of a steady eddy word. You know, this is kind of like a, you know, consistency and, and, and the word constant and the word uh, of faithful. This word on the script actually means to keep or abide by, hold fast, remain. To continue all the time, not wavering, firm, steadfast, faithful, to push through, to push on. Our word today, we've used words every week, one word to define the early unstoppable church. Our word today is the word constant. They were constantly committed to abiding by what the scriptures taught about how to have church together. This word constant in this verse, uh, really, I begin to think about this word constant, and the word says right there that it means to push on, to push through, to not stop, to keep going. And then I begin to think about the idea of being unstoppable. If, if the idea of being unstoppable, that, that the only way that something can be unstoppable 
is if something tried to stop it. The only way that a forward momentum of something to be unstoppable is if there was something trying to keep it from moving forward. And I recognize that this word constant or this word uh, to be continuously steadfast means that they continued to push forward even when there was a force against them. They continued to stay faithful to the things that God's word said and they continued to stay faithful to the rhythm of the church even when there was persecution, even when life was going well, even when life was going bad, even when finances were in need, even when marriage was struggling, even when life was up and life was down, when things were hard, when things were good. They stayed constantly faithful to the rhythm of the church because they knew that if we stay faithful uh, to the rhythm of the church, that God's going to not only move in my life, but he's going to move in other people's lives. That God is going to minister and transform marriages and transform lives and transform hearts. And we get to experience the power and the grace and the mercy of God if we stay faithful and continue to press through and be constant in the things that God has asked us to do. That is what makes the church unstoppable. That's what makes you unstoppable is that you continue to push through and you continue to be constant in the things God's word says, even when life sucks even when you don't want to, even when you're being emotional, even when you're sad you broke up with that person, even when finances aren't going well, even when the marriage is struggling real bad, even when your stinking kids aren't listening to you, hallelujah, they're both here today. Just kidding, you obey me all the time. Just kidding, guys, it's just a joke, you're okay. I'm not, I'm not gonna ruin my children, they're okay. <laughs> it's like super awkward. <laughs> You got it, girl. Keep taking notes. You got it. <laughs> we continue to be constant and faithful and consistent. This is what's going to cause us to be an unstoppable church. Good. And if we look at this, we realize that as we looked over the last several weeks, we see what the unstoppable church is, but it's the word constantly and constant that makes it what it is. We see that the unstoppable church is constantly making the church for every race, every tribe, every nation, every people. It, the, the unstoppable church is constantly about making the church for every person. It's not just for those who get it right. It's not just for those who are super righteous. It's not just for those who are, uh, that are like, like attend every single thing on every single day. It's not just for people who are better than everybody else. The church of Jesus Christ is for broken people, for people who need God, for people who, who need forgiveness, people who are, you think, man, I've done so many wrong things. I've been so far from God. I haven't got a church in like 365 days. I only go at this time and this time, right? I, I, I'm not allowed to go to the church regularly, be a part of this. Yes, you are. You're the exact candidate that God wants in his church. People who are broken and hurting and disconnected and lost and have areas of their life they need God, you're the perfect candidate for what it looks like to be a part of the unstoppable church of Jesus Christ. Come on. He wants the church to be for every person, not just the people who get it right people who need Jesus, the people who are in need of a loving Savior, the people who want to live a life-filled life of abundance in Christ. Amen. The church, the inseparable church, constantly makes it about the people who need Jesus the most. The inseparable church is constantly focusing their mission and message on the cross, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and nothing else. 
Oh, it's easy for us to focus on a lot of things that are happening in our world today, but don't be distracted. It is only about Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ crucified, buried in the grave, risen from the dead. There is no other message to be preached. There is no other message that brings salvation to people's lives. The cross of Jesus Christ is the power for salvation. Don't be distracted by all of the things that we want to talk about. We're just going to keep talking about Jesus and Jesus crucified. Can't make it about anything else. We've got to be constant in our message. The unstoppable church is constantly being built with regular broken people. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. The unstoppable church is constantly devoted to what matters most to God. The scripture says apostles teaching, prayer, worship, communion, being in the house of God together. We stay focused on what matters most to God. If the Bible doesn't say it, we don't do it. And you say, well, that can get pretty sticky. You mean like the Bible doesn't talk about basketball. We're not supposed to play basketball. <laughs> no, I don't mean that. I just mean in our church rhythm, we're going to stay focused on what we do know God's asked us to do. The unstoppable church is constantly in awe of the supernatural realities of God. We don't forget that great, this grace and this mercy and this unconditional love, we don't get used to it. We don't get used to the fact that every day is a supernatural miracle. We don't get used to the fact that, that my, the breath that I have in my lungs is only because of God. We don't get used to the fact that when I walk outside and live in this beautiful city called Calgary on a nasty, dreary day like this, it's still the best place to live in the world. We don't get, we don't get deterred and get used to the grace and the majesty and the mercy of Jesus. We don't get used to, which I think happens in a lot of places, and God willing, it doesn't happen here, that when we come into the presence of God, we don't just stand with our hands in our pocket and say, I don't really like this song. I'm not really going to engage it. No, we're standing in the very atmosphere of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the supernatural God. May we never get used to God's grace and His mercy and his power, and his love. That's when we become like Pharisees and religious and miss out on the grace and the mercy and the power of the Most High God is when we start, stop being in awe of the supernatural realities of God. That it's not just natural. It's supernatural. The unstoppable church is constantly gathering together with every believer because they know there's power when two or three are gathered in God's name. The Unstoppable Church is constantly gathering homes regularly in our groups and are always open and vulnerable with each other. The Unstoppable Church is constantly finding their satisfaction in Christ and the church has no new needy people. We stop finding our satisfaction in, in things, possessions, promotions, careers, relationships, kids, wife, family. Those bring some sort of satisfaction, but nothing will satisfy you like a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus is the only one that will satisfy you. He's the only one that will give you living water that will never run dry. He is the only one that can satisfy every ounce of need in your life. And when he becomes your satisfaction, guess what? You, he meets every need you have, and you're able to meet the needs of people in the church. And then guess what? We have no needy people among us. What do you need? I ain't got no needs. It was met by Joe over here. Well, I ain't got no needs. Sammy and Sam and Sarah, all those other names, all the S's, all those S's, help me out. <laughs> we live in a, a church where there's no needy people. Why? Because we stopped finding our satisfaction in the things of this world and we started finding our satisfaction in Christ and Christ alone. And then he meets all of your needs. And when your needs are met, you say, I got more than enough. I'm going to start meeting other people's needs. Sounds pretty cool. The unstoppable church 
is constantly living and speaking boldly for Jesus even when they're persecuted. And I pray we're persecuted because the Bible says to rejoice when you're insulted and you're talked bad about. Rejoice because great is your reward in heaven. All of the angels applaud when you are persecuted and insulted for standing up for the name of Jesus Christ. The unstoppable church is constantly resting in Christ and only doing what God has asked him to do. How much time do we spend doing all these things in our lives that God has never asked us to do? But we in our mind have an imagination to think that God wants us to do that when in reality, it's just costing us our energy and our strength and our, our value and we're tired and we're burnt out on religion. And God says, but my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If we just spent our lives doing what God asked us to do, you'll have joy in your life. You'll have satisfaction in your life. You'll have rest in your life. You'll get to laugh once in a while again, amen? Get to have some fun and enjoy the life God gave us. Even when life is stinky on the outside, something smells good on the inside. Life is good, even though it's not. It feels real good. Why? Because I'm rested, only spending my time doing what God has asked me to do. The unstoppable church is constantly realigning their lives on heaven and focusing above and not below. We recognize that we are citizens of heaven, not of this earth. We are just sojourners. We are just vagabonds on this planet living until our life is but a mist, the Bible says. It it's begins and it ends and it's over. But for those who are followers of Jesus Christ, the Bible says that even when we die, we continue to live with Christ. And so our eyes are set on above, not on below. These things that we've talked about, if you wanna hear those messages, you can go back and listen to the series these, all these things are attached to one simple idea, constantly. Constant. They were committed to a constant rhythm. So as we enter in, we're three and a half years old, and we'll be about four years here in a couple of months as a church. And as we've seen tremendous growth and people coming to the Lord and, you know, with COVID and the holiday, you say, well, Ryan, it doesn't seem like there's very many people here. Trust me, there's about, about 145 people who are going to call Love City Church their home because of all that God's been doing. And that's just the beginning of what God's going to do in Cardell Theater. Yes. But he gives us a vision and a focus. And so we've been praying as a leadership team, God, help us understand what is this rhythm, this strategy that you have for us. And so I'm gonna give you just four words. We'll watch four short videos, four words, and I'll let you go today. But, but for those of you who are really into cheesy marketing schemes, that's okay. It's called the four Gs, but it's bad because there's 5G coming out. So then I gotta come up with another G. So don't do that, okay? So if you like the, the marketing things, some of your marketers, and you're okay with the cheesy 4G thing, you can call it that. I'm not into it. I did marketing for a while. I don't like it. Pfft, I don't wanna do it. So I'm just gonna say each of these start with G. So you choose which way you want to go, right? Is that okay? Yes. Here's the first one. This is our four-pronged strategy of how we're going to adhere to what this word says. And we're taking all these unstoppable church ideas and everything we find in Acts chapter two, verses 42 to 47, and in Acts chapter four, and we combine them in and we say, Lord, how do we do these simply and stay consistent to it so that it's simple, so it's about Jesus and doesn't get confusing and we know exactly what we're doing. Here's the four things. The first thing is this, very simple, gather, G, gather. Every person committed to a physical gathering or a group every single week. When the day of Pentecost came in Acts two, they were all together in one place and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. Verse 44. Verse 46. They worshiped together at the temple each day. I, as a leadership team, we want to ask you, if you call Love City Church your home, we want to ask you to make at least one uh, commitment to one physical gathering or group a week. So if you say, Ryan, I want to stay online for my gatherings. 
our Sunday gathering. And soon we're, we're going to launch a Wednesday gathering as well. That's just like our Sunday morning gathering. You say, man, I just want to engage digitally in one of our gatherings, but I want to attend physically a group. That's fine. Olivia here, we're going to hear from her in a couple of seconds. Sorry, Olivia, I don't want to embarrass you. She made a comment to me and she said, Ryan, I kind of came in the back door of the church. I came in from a small group, our groups, and now I'm at church. I said, no, 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 our church doesn't have back doors. It just has a lot of doors. And however you come into the house of God, the objective, the goal isn't to get you into this room. The goal is for you to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the community of God. So you say, Ryan, I go online to church every Sunday, but I'm a part, physically a part of a group. That's a win. That's not a loss. That's not plan B. That's not plan D. No, if you want to be a part of a group but attend digitally, that's fine. I encourage you to go to both physically, but whatever, wherever you're at in your life with COVID, with the season we're in, you say, Ryan, I want to go live to a, to a live service, but I want to go to a group digitally. Come on, we have digital groups you can be a part of, but we're asking you to make one physical commitment to a gathering. Why? Because the Bible teaches that's what believers did. They got together and they gathered every day. They did. Now we're asking every week. Here's the second one. Actually, no, let's watch, let's watch this first video from our friend Josh. Hey, Love City Church. Hey. I'm Joshua. This is my wife, Madison. We just wanted to share briefly about what these physical gatherings have meant to us these last couple months. Yeah, so in the season of COVID-19, Josh and I managed to get married with 15 people. Um, it was actually a really fun time to start our marriage together because we've just been chilling at home a lot of the time. Um, so with COVID-19 came the loss of my job this summer that I was planning on doing. And so I was dealing with a lot of um, trying to figure out my identity again and just struggling with honestly a lot of doubt of am I doing enough for the kingdom of God? Um, and I had been seeking God a lot on my own, but it was not until I came back to Love City Church and was in the service and worshiping and just really pressing into God's presence that I felt him speak very clearly to me two encouraging words and that was um, that I could start writing and praying more intentionally. And so since then, I've responded to those two calls, um, joined the prayer team with Josh, and that's been super awesome. And yeah, for us, church has just been a really great opportunity to kind of reset every week and a chance to reevaluate the ways um, that God has been speaking to us throughout the week. So I often come into Sunday mornings with a lot of baggage from the week before and a lot of questions that are unanswered. And I find that when I come to church, there's uh, multiple ways that God can speak to me. Whereas when I'm just sitting at home seeking God, um, he's more limited in the ways that he can speak to me. So when I come into church, I have multiple believers who can speak into my life. Um, and I'm encouraged through that. And as well, we know that where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And I just feel that being back together again has just enhanced the freedom that we get to feel. And we no longer have to sit awkwardly on our couch singing awfully, but we get to just belt it out with good music now, getting to gather again. So love you guys and God bless. Constant in our gathering, amen. Come on, here's a second idea. And you can turn the lights on, thanks. Can you see my face? Come on, grow is the second one. Every person committed to a group, either physically or digitally, every week. The second idea here that we have is our groups is the backbone of our church. 
And I want to encourage you to be a part of a group. Again, we have digital groups or we have our physical groups. And this is the place you say, Ryan, why, why can't I just come on a Sunday? Why do why you encourage me to be a part of a group? Our group is where uh, we see body ministry happen. Uh, there's, there's not a whole lot of opportunities to do body ministry here. Uh, I, I obviously get the opportunity to share God's word with you. And there are teams here that you can be a part of. But if you want to be a part of body ministry, uh, be a part of a group and where there's people caring for each other and meeting the needs of each other and praying for one another. We had five water baptisms, as I mentioned. And the best part about those water baptisms to me outside of them following Christ is that I didn't do any of them. It was all of our group leaders. It was all of our groups doing them together where people are being uh, water baptized and baby dedications and prayer and studying God's word and hospitality and all this different spiritual giftings that each of you have are being used in the groups. And it's where you're being discipled and you're knowing Jesus better and you're developing relationship. Our groups are the backbone of who we are. Our vision is to have a group in every single community in the entire city of Calgary. You hear that? In every community where people are experiencing the presence of God, we're experiencing the house of God, finding Christ. Um, our friend Olivia here, I don't want to steal her thunder, but she found Christ through, a, um, through a, a, a funeral and a eulogy and heard some words that Joel and Catherine said, and she came into the group and became a part of that. And it was all because of Joel and Catherine sharing their faith and became a part of a group. And come on, our groups are the backbone of who we are. And so I encourage you, come on, get into a group. That's what they did. They met house to house and they broke bread with one another, amen? And they they shared their faith together every day for every person that even when life gets busy and even when life gets hard and even when life goes up and even when life goes down, we are constant in gathering. We are constant in growing together. We never stray from that and we will continue to be unstoppable. Come on, let's watch this video from our friend Olivia. Hey, Love City Church. I'm Olivia. Um, I'm pretty new to church. I've been coming for a couple months. But before I ever set foot in this building, I actually joined a group. Um, I met Joel and Catherine kind of unconventionally and they invited me and now they're stuck with me because I just, I love it so much. I cannot say enough good things about groups. Um, we're vulnerable with each other. We pray for each other. We always end up laughing about something and it's just such an incredible experience. It's so great to get together every week and support each other and talk about God's word and, and just pour into each other. Um, if you're considering joining a group, Ours is the best one, but just join, just join any group. Just get in a group. If you're not in one yet, I encourage you to get in a group. It is such an awesome experience. You do not want to miss. You Amen. Come on, miss. we have five groups. We have James and Alana are leading our digital group. We have a group in Sundance led by Vince, led by Vince and Justine and Yonsan and Marley. Can I hear somebody? We have our uh, Mackenzie Town group by Joel and Catherine and Andrew and Brittany. That's Olivia's part right there. She's supposed to scream real loud. Uh, there's Beltline Group. Let me hear about Beltline. Led by Lawrence and Letitia. And uh, that's probably the, the most rowdy one if you're looking for a rowdy time. And am I missing any, Steph? Bassie's Group. Bassie's Group, yes. Bassie and uh, Lake Chaparral. And if you just... Hallelujah. Come on, her group is fantastic. And, uh, and our youth group has a youth group as well. And come on, Brea, and that's with Blake and uh, Amy and um, Jesse, and it's awesome. So our groups are a huge part of what we do. Come on, our third one here today is give. Every person committing to investing their time, treasures, and talents in the church every week. Come on, every person committed to investing their time. Come on, their effort, their energy. 
every person giving their, their, their treasures, their tithes and their offering, and every person giving their talents, their spiritual gifting. The Bible says that if you've been placed in this body, you have a spiritual gift to contribute. And if you don't contribute, we are an unhealthy body. So if you're a part of a local church, you say, I'm going to make this church my home. You being a part of a team or you being a part of a team in your group or being a part of your team on a, on a gathering, those are moments where God gives you grace to find supernatural purpose. When you serve or you give your time, your treasures, your talents, and this isn't just a gimmick, this is true. You find there to be a great purpose fulfilled. It fills you up. You find joy. You find community. Something powerful happens. And the Bible says that, that when you and I become followers of Jesus Christ and become a part of the house of God, it is our first responsibility to take care of one another before we take care of people who are not in the church. I can show you that scripture. All throughout scripture, it teaches us that the world will know the love of God by our love for one another. And so when we lay our lives down for one another and we serve one another and we give our time and our treasure and our talents and our groups or our time and our treasure and talents to our gatherings or whatever it is God's calling us to do, you begin to experience something tremendous in your life. You begin to experience breakthrough in your life and it's fantastic. Come on, let's hear a video from Laura. Put your hands together. Hey guys, my name is Laura. I serve in the children's ministry at Love City Church. Seeing the kids come in brings me such energy and such joy. During praise and worship and I see a child just raise their hands up to him and not worrying about what others think about them or when they ask Jesus into their heart for the very first time. During prayer time, it's such a fun time to sometimes hear them pray for their dead animals or for their family and sometimes they will even decide to pray by themselves. I love serving with an open heart and I have experienced so much joy in my heart. Honestly can say I never thought that I would experience. Through serving, I have come so much closer to God and have experienced Him like I never thought I could ever experience in my life. These things are taught right in Scripture, and so we want to continue to do those and be constantly faithful to those things. Amen? Amen. Lastly, here today, uh, but certainly not least, is go. Every person committed to inv uh, inviting, sharing, and telling others about Jesus first, because it's about Jesus first, right? Yeah. And then to Love City Church. Or we encourage you to invite people. It's amazing what an invite can do when you invite someone to come to church. They can hear something that they never heard before. God can minister to their heart. And I really feel like we have a pretty unique church experience. It's not religious and it's not caught up in a lot of the things that maybe other environments might be. We just are regular people with what you see is what you get. And if you know me, you know that. It's very true and it's a little scary sometimes. What you see is what you get. And we are who we are. We're just trying to do life together and serve Christ with all of our hearts. But we want to create an environment where people want to invite their friends to come to church or family members to come to church to meet Jesus. Amen. And so I want to encourage you to every week, as often as you can, share your faith and talk about Jesus. And we want to create as many opportunities as we can to share our faith. Why do we do that? Because we want, people to, we want to help people discover a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you walked around the room, you would see that all the different people you talked to have had restored marriages and addictions broken in their life and demonic forces destroyed over their life. And they've had a relationship when they were lonely and they were disconnected and broken and they found a life and a community and hope that Jesus has transformed transform people's lives. And guess what happens when you and I begin to do these constant rhythms? Guess what happens? God adds to the church daily those who are being saved. We just keep our head down and keep faithful what the Lord's asked us to do. Guess what happens? 
He adds to you. He adds to your life. He adds to this church. We begin to see growth, not because we want to grow, but because we just want to be obedient to the word of God. Amen. Let's watch this last video with Amanda, and then I'm going to let you go have some lunch. How about that? Last year, I was in the darkest place of my life. Nobody at work knew what was going on. I hit it really well. Um, Pastor Stephanie worked at the same school as I do. And one day she invited me to come to Love City Church. So on November 17th last year, I came to Love City for the first time and it changed my life. I met Jesus there. And shortly after I was baptized on December 1st, I decided to share my baptism story on Facebook and one of my friends Kindred had um, read it, read my testimony and reached out and asked if she could come to church. So she came to church with me shortly after and um, that day gave her life to Jesus as well and shortly after that she was also baptized. And then fast forward a little bit later. Um, one of my friends, Megan, we've been friends for like six years. She's a really, really close friend of mine. Um, she had just kind of witnessed in my life the transformation and seen how um, just I'm so much happier now and full of life again. And I just had really been feeling on my heart that I should invite her to church. So I had invited her and she decided to come a few weeks ago. And that day she also gave her life to Jesus. So um, it's just been really amazing to see how all it takes sometimes is one invitation and so many lives are transformed. An invitation, someone gives their life to Jesus Christ and it changes their genealogy forever. Before they were lost and broken, now they get into a relationship with someone else who loves the Lord. And they start a marriage and they, they have children. Or maybe God leads them to start a, a business that's, or a nonprofit or something that's focused on helping children. Or We don't know what God has in store for our lives, but once we set our lives on the course of knowing God, it changes our lives and our children's lives and our grandchildren's lives and our great-grandchildren's lives all because of one invitation. Because we heard about who Jesus is that he loves us, that there's nothing we could do that could keep his love from us, that he's pursuing us, that his goodness and his grace is right behind you right now, and he wants a personal relationship with you, and he wants you to live in an abundant life with him and a life to come that when you die, you get to continue to live and be with Christ in heaven. Not only that, you get to be a part of a wonderful community that loves you for who you are. Come on, somebody. You get to be yourself. Hallelujah. You get to be who you are, and we love you for it. And look what the scripture says. And the Lord added to their numbers daily those who are being saved. It had nothing to do with those people because only God adds. We just stayed faithful. I'm going to be constantly gathering together. I'm going to be constantly growing together. I'm going to be constantly giving together and giving to the church. And I'm going to constantly be going together to reach more people for the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Would you stand to your feet today? So glad you're here today. I want to pray. Every week I pray. I just pray two prayers. Would you just close your eyes for a moment? This was an unconventional message. I normally share this way, but generally uh, it feels a little different. And today I wanted to really talk about strategy and things like that. But with every eye closed in this place, I always like to ask the question, come on, does anybody in the room today not know Jesus Christ? You've never started a personal journey with him or a personal relationship with him. 
And he'd just like to start today. It's very simple. All the different people who've done that just made a belief with their heart, confession with their mouth, and they started a journey with God. Come on, anybody here today, all you have to do is just place your hand in the air real quick, see who you are, and you put your hand down, and I just want to pray for you. Come on. Amen. Okay, let me pray for you. Father, I just pray today for everybody in the room today, God. Father, I know you brought us every single person here today for a reason. And so, Father, I pray today that you'd be with them, that you'd lead them, that you'd fill them, that you'd change them and transform them. Let us be committed to the things that matter most to you, God, and not get sidetracked, but stay focused so that we can reach more people for your kingdom. Jesus, we love you today, and we're so thankful for who you are. Thank you for every person that joined us today. And we pray that you would be with them during this week, this week, God. Fill them with your grace and your mercy. And we pray you be blessed in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, everybody said.